Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dork down for a while. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the dark forest. It's another good one back in my house, and I'm happy about it. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. The credits, Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. He's going to sweet, sweet, sweet compressing it up or whatever he does. And then uh, Vilmos fixes my website. Matter of fact, just re- did a redo on my website, Vilmos did. And he has his own podcast that you should listen to called Green Room Radio that he interviews road comics. And you should definitely, matter of fact, you should email him if you want to be on it. Good times. Anyway, uh, other than that, Mike Rickberg just sang the song you heard. He's going to sing at the end. And there's a donation button. Feel free to donate if you haven't donated. And if you have donated, thank you very much. I do appreciate it because uh, I'm uh, I'm doing a lot of things on the road now. And i got to pay audio people. So it's all good. Anyway, sitting in my living room right now, Asterios Kokonos, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's exciting. I saw you do... The great, I forget how big of a dork you are. And then I see. Oh, with this face, it's easy to. <laughs> uh, people, we're going to put that, put them up. We're going to do it. We're going to oh, put yeah. that, we're going to put that up and you're going to take a gander at it. Isn't and it? then you'll see the irony between my words and my face. See, over audio, that may sound, uh. Super cool. Exactly. Right. Like you're the smoothest guy in the, in the, in the, in the trunk in the, what? <laughs> Some analogy on the analogy. And, uh, but you, Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's talk about it. First of all, is there an AsteriosCoconos.com? Uh, yeah, there is. It directs to my Tumblr. Okay. Uh, so you can see. And I'll link it. Yeah, please. I'd and love what's, it. What's your Tumblr? What is it? Uh, you just your observations on life? It's just funny pictures that I take. <laughs> like I oh, was really? in a, I was in an arcade the other day and I saw there's like a video game called Panic Museum. And, wow. it, and it's like an Asian guy. And a girl, essentially in a bikini. Sure. And they're both cop archaeologists. And uh, they just go. Yes. Yeah. They go to the Panic Museum. And wouldn't you know it, monsters are everywhere. Come on. In in the Panic Museum. In the Museum of Panic. Exactly. Sometimes it's called the Museum of Tolerance. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Museum of pa- Panic Museum. That's so weird. Yeah. And they're supposed to be archaeologists. And do they have guns? Or yeah. Or are they fighting them with the pen, not the sword? They, they, uh, they do They do have guns. And um, and they fight monsters. Are they like zombie-y kind of like mummies and, and old-timey kind of monsters? A lot of or? skeletons. Okay. Big skeletons. Little skeletons. Is- <laughs> All sorts of skeletons. So children. Children yeah. have died and you get to shoot their skeletons. Yeah. You How do you feel about younglings. that? How do you feel um, about that hot babe in a bikini? How do you feel about bringing that lady, that kid down? So just photos like, just photos. Like I saw, um, I saw like Pikachu's head in a plastic bag in Koreatown. Like, oh. like three feet across, like j- not Pikachu, just the head. In like a bag in a window, and I was like, my eight followers need to see this. <laughs> well, how does he breathe in there? I don't think that he is, does. That is the saddest part. Someone has just forgot the trophy of Pikachu's head. Yeah. Uh, the trophy. And Pikachu, let's go right into it, Pokemon. Sure. You know a lot about, you knew more about, okay, so what mm. happened is we both did a dork show, a geek show, a nerd show, whatever they're calling them these days, the mm. kids. And it, what it was is people talking about uh, about their the, being a nerd and a geek. And you went up wearing uh, the Rebel General's uh, face mask. Oh, I wore my Admiral Akbar mask, Ad- which I have I'm in sorry, my trunk different branch at, of all the service, at all times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Space Navy, <laughs> if you will. How could I have mixed it up with the Space Marines? But, but it's easy to mix up because it's general solo it's general calrissian it's admiral akbar and then mon mothma what's a mon i wonder i don't know but is that her name Uh, what was it you remember mon mothma right not offhand she's the one in return of the jedi that's like many bothan spies died to bring us this information And it's Are like, way sure to bum all of us out. Oh, it's, t- it's, it is definitely a woman. Cause in, in A New Hope, it's, uh, G- it's General Dodonna. And okay. he's the guy with the beard that's, that's like, the empire's made a critical oh, weakness. Yes, yes. There's a thing you can shoot. <laughs> and then a guy's like, you can't hit that. And right. then Luke's like, I would hit. Just I'd... like banging wombats in the canyon. Yeah, bullseyeing wombats in my T34 <laughs> speeder back on Tatooine. That's it. 
There's so many planets, by the way. That Are there like, more planets than I know of? Well, it's funny. That's a good question because, like, in the Star Wars universe, we visit, like, five. Right. But I have to imagine, like, if if Tatooine's on the outer rim, that right. means there's an inner rim filled with, like, a billion planets. Right, that that, that the Federation, or not the Federation. The what, Empire. What, the Empire is busy being a busybody about. They're yeah. bossy magooing all over that. And what is, yeah, it's like Firefly. You know, they have, because they're, they're on the outer rim mm-hmm. of civilization. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just them and the Reavers. But, uh, <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, so there has to be a million planets, and we only hear about Tatooine. And I read some of the Star Wars books. Oh, cool, the Expanded Universe books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think the first one I read, I read when I was probably 12, and that was Splinter in the Mind's Eye. Oh, cool. You know, the original? Yeah. Remember that one? No, I, I never read it, but I know that, like... I mean, it's kind of funny because there's two different kinds of EU. There's the EU that happened while the movies were coming out where, like, you found out about, like, Mandalorian armor, like, Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina. And then after all the Star Wars books came out, you know, they just went nuts. And, like, there's, like, a million, billion expanding universe books. And, like, the two kind of conflicts. Right. And then the movies conflict with all of it. So it's like, right. it's just a big mess. It feels incredibly arbitrary. Yes. You know, the universe is very large. So things, you know, it's very possible yeah. that things are con- contradictory. You know, it doesn't we don't have to go DC Universe and try to meld them all together in all right. some sort of way. And try to fix everything. Right. Oh, my God. I'm like, that makes me, it makes me so mad that they did that to DC. Like, I think right. it's, I think it's cool that like the new 52 mm-hmm. kind of. I feel like the good thing about it is that it was like steroids for comic book stores where it was just like, we're going to send people, they're going to have to buy 52 of these. Right. And so like, you know, my little comic book store like sold out of everything. Right. But then they made everything dark and like Catwoman's having sex with Batman on a rooftop. Yeah. And Starfire's like, you can see her butt and her boobs in the same panel. Yeah. I don't know. Are, are you- she's bendy. Yeah, uh, she's crazy pretty- Starfire. Is Starfire the one who was having sex with the one guy and then had sex with the other guy? Yeah. And she didn't, she didn't care. She didn't remember. It was like, that's what my people are like. Yes. We're assholes. Yeah. And you're like, that isn't okay, actually. Uh, <laughs> she was like, my planet. She wasn't like that before, right? No, she was so nice. But- she was just nice. And yeah. she liked one of them more than the other, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she liked Dick. You know, she was like <laughs> in love with, oh, that sounds, there's a double entendre. That'll happen. Um, but like, uh, yeah, because she's like, on my people, like, sex is just a thing we do. It was almost as if my people were designed by some really horny guy in his 40s or something. <laughs> Who knows? Whatever. Who wrote that one? A guy I know. I was it wanna... Abnet? Or... No. It wasn't Slot, was it? No. It I don't want to I'm just going to fraction. Was it, uh... Uh, it wasn't Fred. No. It was, what's his name? I don't want Brubaker? Wanna... No. No. It Brubaker it would have Brubaker. made that great. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else would have made that. I mean, Fraction, he doesn't have time for it, you know? He's yeah. like, no, no, I got, I got, there's some punching that I need to draw. <laughs> so, uh, we got, we got, we got exposition that needs to happen. Yeah. And exactly. so it's, I, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. It's like, um, it's the old, st- I've told it a thousand times on the show. Let's tell it again. Uh, Bill Willingham used yeah. to do the dirty books. He had a, a comic book porn back in the day. And then he eventually got kind of sick of it and started doing, um, cause he, he was like, I can't every time think of a reason why people would be having sex. <laughs> Sometimes it's just plot driven. And right. then they're, you know, that, and that's the same with Ogloff. Do you read Og- Ogloff no, online? No, I don't. O-G-L-A-F dot com. And o- Ogloff is written by this woman who loves a dick joke. And it's set in the middle. It's like a medieval kind of sword and sorcery where everybody is having sex all the time. And there's <laughs> naked ladies and you get to see everybody noodly nude. And the guys are swinging. And it's just, I mean, there's a lot of a great, it is not safe for work. But it sounds like, it sounds like it's plot motivated. Right. Because many times. I have times, to have sex with this guard to get through this door. Right, right. And, and sometimes it isn't plot motivated. <laughs> It's just hilarious. <laughs> and other times there's no sex at all because it's just the plot. It's right. just moving along. How about Darths and Droids? Have you ever are you, no, have you read any of that? I have not. No, no, no. Okay, so Darths and Droids is they took frame by frame, to my knowledge, because I haven't been able to get through it. Yeah. But uh, they, they did the prequel, the, the sucky prequels, right? The yeah. three. And he went frame by frame and turned it into a live action role playing game. Oh, that's interesting. Where he did, you know, you see a shot of 
Qui-Gon, whatever. Qui-Gon Jinn. That's it, Qui-Gon yeah. Jinn. And, uh, I feel bad. I know that. It's good that you know that. <laughs> and uh, But everybody, it's it's just D&D, essentially. And it makes more sense. The plot makes more sense as a, hey, three people playing. And then Jar Jar Banks is played by somebody's little sister who comes <laughs> in and says, I want to play. It's like, no, you can't play. It's like, okay, okay you, can, you, can, you can be the helper. And she's like, what's your name going to be? It's like, Jar Jar. He's like, that's the dumbest name ever. He's like, and me talk like this all the time. And it's like, and but she Jar was the Jar best. Eventually becomes a member of the Galactic Senate. He, he got, would, wouldn't he? No, he did. He right. did. And then he pushed through legislation that allowed for uh, the dis- Allow me to say something racist. Is <laughs> he speaking Ebonics the entire time? Uh, he has like two lines in movies two and three. Yeah. But like. And that's just George Lucas going, fuck you. Exactly. Yeah. He's put in for spite, like specifically right. for He's spite. He's like, screw you guys. I yeah. thought it was great. Yeah, you don't like this? Well, yeah. guess what? I, I, I don't like it either, but it's going in anyway. <laughs> I think you're right, but who cares? Right, right exactly. Give him two lines and then you'll see. Well, it's like you don't tell a nerd he's wrong. Like, like. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, the, you don't like there's a couple of things like you don't do with nerds you don't tell a nerd what to do because they will like immediately do the opposite if, right if if you're if you're like i don't know if that jacket looks good on you they're gonna wear that jacket every day for like the rest of their lives like out of spite right um <laughs> like like you know you, like like you like uh you don't tell a nerd that his opinion is wrong because then he'll just like double down on it right i mean like you must like it's a it's everybody a chal- says that though but they're it's usually never it's not nerds it's usually some tool bag of a jock that's like never tell a jock that he's that he's wrong because then he'll just he'll get mad and he'll punch you in the face you know so yeah. i like the idea that you can't tell a nerd they're wrong but i do i do understand because once especially opiniony kind of stuff yeah where you're like well i can't prove you wrong and you get to have your opinion but i don't agree how do you feel about that well i don't uh, then you're an idiot for not agreeing i mean right. and those guys i can't hang out with those guys quite honestly right where it's where it's like i disagree to disagree because you're wrong about firefly <laughs> right blah, blah. i don't think you know enough about babylon 5 to really judge it right you know? and you're like well wh- what if i tried and, uh, <laughs> and you're like, mm, you didn't try hard enough. I'm sorry. You have to watch every episode three times and then tell me you didn't like it. And the like, direct to DVD movie <laughs> between the light and shadows. I forget what it was nice called. Nice one though. Nice. Did nice you watch story. it? No, no, no. I've never seen Babylon Five. Oh, I like Babylon Five is one of my favorites. Do you like it better than Star Trek? Because that's what I would get. I would get in my friend Tamara and I would get yeah. into it a little bit. I'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm star trek and she's like i'm the i'm babylon five and that that would be our those would be our roles and never the twain <laughs> shall meet right because well, it's not like you like can both like both right. right exactly <laughs> um i you do like because they're, oh, they're no. different right i mean no, was babylon five a dystopian no. future like battlestar galactica or was it like star trek where uh we've cured hunger and now we're just off exploring space and uh and we've come up with credits and we can buy anything or sell anything <laughs> until we need latinum. Um I will <laughs> Well there's latinum and then there's uh, those crystals. The dilatium oh, right. the dilatium crystals. Dilatium those are crystals. Rare. Those are rare. And then in generations try lithium crystals for no good reason <laughs> right because they were trying to go all modern yeah and, they, uh, well they always do that like that's the thing they do in star trek well where, they, where they'll be like where they'll be like oh warp speed is great but now we have this new thing called trans warp speed which now we can travel at the speed of light even faster than the speed of light times that and it's like you just like it's like, oh, this is a type two phaser. This is a phaser rifle. It's, it's like two nine year olds playing army. Right. That's, it's like, I shot you. No, but I shot you. I put up my shield before you shot me. And it's, it's, right. it's, it's that but I have in the armor, writer's but I have room. Super armor. <laughs> right. right. No, I know. It, like, well, I would say Babylon 5 took place in kind of a, like a, I've never said the world, I've never said the word real politic out loud before. Oh, there we go. But, Usually just in your writings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or to myself in a padded room. Because it's real politic with a K, if I remember correctly. And you do. <laughs> um, it was like Babylon 5 took place in like a universe where essentially like there was a galactic United Nations and everybody fought and like, you know, like uh, nobody could really kind of agree or get along on on, on stuff. Babylon 5. I watched every episode as a kid and read the books and the direct DVD movie. And like, I, we even played the collectible card game, which was like Magic the Gathering, but with 
pictures of Bruce Boxleitner on the cards. Sweet Bruce Boxleitner. Exactly. He's the poor man's Mark Harmon. <laughs> yes, he is, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, not that he's not doing good work. Both of them doing vital work. Yeah, Scarecrow, Mrs. King, mm-hmm. the voice of Rensler in the new Tron movie. <laughs> Turned out he was Tron. He fights for the users. Come on, spoiler alert. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry, nerds. And... uh <laughs> But I, you know, I think that I think that start. See, the thing is, like, you have to watch like five episodes of Babylon Five to know what's going on, because it's a very tightly arced series. Uh, where like, if you, it's kind of like The Wire in space, in okay. that like, if you haven't seen it all, you're not gonna be able to get it. You can watch like any episode of Star Trek. Right. I, I mean, except West Wing I, is a little bit like yeah. like that as well. Like, yeah. Where you have to sort of watch three or four episodes to know who the characters are and what they're doing and why they're all walking in circles. Right. And, exactly. Uh, and you're like, okay. Through that two feet of hallway, they <laughs> they had where lives are changed. Oh yeah. That's where lives are changed. Those two feet of hallway. Oh no! I I always love that about the West Wing, where where it was like these guys really, really, really care about the poor, right? And like they sleep in their offices, and like they they'll just stop at nothing to pass this legislation, and it's just like that's not what politics is like at no, all. They you, all import whores and cocaine, and I don't know, chicken wings. Yeah, it's all working out for them. I mean, it's yeah, not they're like, they're doing great. Exactly, those right. clowns in Congress. <laughs> Those bastards who want to serve. And, uh, you know, because I, you know, I, I do feel like a lot of it digress into politics where I think that they want to serve their country, but it's also this weird, I know kind of like I know yeah. how to fix something. And you're like, I don't think you do. I mean, any more than I do, but, right. uh, but you're going to, you think you do, so you're going to give it a shot. And I'm like, I hope it works out. Because you have a, you don't have any more plan than I do, but you're going to show up to work every day. Yeah, I guess, so I should value that for what that is. I get, I guess you have to give them credit for like trying and showing up. And yeah, in it's kind of like comedy. I mean, it's like, yeah, you don't get paid early on. I mean, it's not a money making endeavor. You know, it's all post. Hey, speakerships and you know, and, right. and book signings and stuff like I that. I can attest to that. It is not a money making endeavor. I can confirm that for you right now. About about stand up about stand up <laughs> politics about stand up but I guess both but I guess <laughs> I guess more I guess you know because it's, it's like in politics you can make money if you're corrupt but like sure. in stand up all the stand ups I know are corrupt and they're not making anything anyways right. so what are you gonna do no one's more willing to sell out sooner yeah stand up comic oh my and god then, and then we're all ignored well like, I no, seriously well I was definitely like I was definitely in a series of commercials for hungry man dinners and like. <laughs> Were you? Yeah, as, awesome. as Genghis Khan. And um, <laughs> they were like web commercials. They weren't on TV, but like I, I got to write them. Oh, and, and I uh, will find those links, my friend. Oh, please. And link it up. Please do. It's it's fun. Uh, they're fun. But it's like but it's like we were on set being like being like the great thing about Hungry Man Dinners is you get almost all the sodium you need in one day, in one <laughs> meal. And if you have two, you get this great goiter that you didn't know you even needed wow what's a is that like a huh? neck thing yeah it's like a big uh, it's whole, like it's like a bump on your neck that won't go away until you have less sodium yeah it's like a bump on your neck that won't go away until you have less sodium but if you keep eating it it starts talking like in that arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> movie about mars total recall you know did you ever read huh? um oh man really Huh? A Canticle for Leibowitz. No, you what is read? that? Oh, Canticle for Leibowitz is uh, it's one of those dystopia. It's it's a it's a it's a science fiction book about the future. It's about history essentially and how history repeats itself. And it's and it's set right after the bomb goes off, like a, after the after the big one, mm-hmm. and everybody's sort of wandering around uh in a daze, and there is, and it's maybe it's a hundred years later or something like that because there's these monks who, uh. You know, after the after the bomb, it's one of those situations where they kill everybody who has any book learning. Oh yeah, that'll was, happen. Because it's scientists cause this trouble. We're gonna kill them. Yeah, and uh, they did that in North Korea like two years ago. <laughs> like, sure, it's it's being played out for reals. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> somewhere in the middle of the Sudan, and uh, with by three year olds uh, with large weapons. But the um, mechanical for Leibowitz was great because there were the monks that were essentially keeping the illuminated manuscripts. They were like writing down everything and some of the things. And and Leibowitz was the guy who invented the button. Oh, and for some reason he gets canonized by accident. Okay, and I think it's an example of like why 
it isn't always um, like when you look back on sainthoods, we don't really know why they they've been sainted, and and what we're told why they're sainted is not necessarily always the. Well, I know why some thing. I know why some of them are sainted because in church there's like pictures of like why they were sainted. Like there's a dude in church who's holding his own head on a plate. Right. Did you ever see that guy? Oh no, his eyeballs on a plate, and it oh. was like that guy was sainted because the Romans like gouged out that guy's eyeballs. Oh, okay. Yeah, but then right. in in the in he's the, supposed to do some sort of. Could he still see? Was that the miracle? Well, that was the weird thing. Like the the stained glass picture of him also had eyeballs. So like I remember being a kid, being like, "What's up with this? Like, did he get? <laughs> is he in heaven? Like, where they give you new eyeballs? Then why did he take his old eyeballs? <laughs> right? <laughs> why did he bring his eyeballs around with him on that plate just to show people? Yeah, just to be like, I'm great. Look how cool I am. Yeah. I, this happened to me because I believe in all this. Right, right. And so, yeah, so that's that's one of them there books that I've read. <laughs> and so what about – so talk – here's what I don't know anything about is Pokemon. Oh, well, you know what? Like, I'll I, tell you kind of everything you need to know about Pokemon. Please. Uh, it's really insidious. I like Pokemon because it's created the system where it's like – you. the catchphrase – the tagline for Pokemon is gotta catch them all. Okay. If you don't collect 151 monsters, you are a failure. You Okay. Okay, now the only way to collect all 151 monsters is to buy both games and to spend hours and hours and hours playing them in order to collect them all. Like, and then... As a game. Yeah. So, so it's a game that you collect them all. You don't collect them all. It's not a card game. It's a video game. It's a video game. It's, I, I played huh? Pokemon Red, I think. Yeah. That was the, one of the first game ones. Boy? Yeah. Yeah. There was Pokemon Red and Blue. And okay. if you got, if you bought Pokemon Red, I think you got to start out do I get? Do I? Do I then? Is it possible for me to collect seventy-five of them? You could, but see, that's funny. You collect like a hundred and twenty in each game, but like the other third, that's that number is not right. But like the other thirty are in the other game, and you need to like trade between them in order to get certain ones to evolve. Like, like they just made it so they turn into like this addiction where like you had to do it. Or you didn't win. You didn't. Right. You weren't a good. You weren't a true Pokemon master. Right. Is you how, didn't collect them all. Right. Because you gotta catch them all. <laughs> and uh, and then more games would come out, and they would just keep introducing more and more Pokemon. Now there's like 800 that you have to catch. And yeah, if that's you, too if you don't, many. you're not a real fan. Exactly. That's too many. You gotta buy every. Like it's the. It's the game that makes you keep buying games in order to be good at it. Okay. It's not like Mario where it's like, oh, I I saved the princess. I right. beat every cat. And even some of the later Mario games, they're like, oh, you got to collect all the stars. Right. You know, like, oh, well, that's fine. Like, not you don't need to buy never- six Mario games. <laughs> right, right. It, and, and I know people that are genuine completists when mm. it comes to those side-scrolling um, those side-scrolling RPGs. Games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Different games. You're like, well, I'm going to go back and I'm going to make sure that I get every, you know, I, I lift over every rock and do whatever I, you know, and, and sort of, you know, it has good replay value, too, if if you're that kind of player. Yeah, like Arkham Asylum was like that. You had to get all the, the Riddler trophies. Oh, you know? right, right. If you could find those. Um, then you were really Batman. Then you, because Bat, that's what Batman does. He has a curio shelf <laughs> full of Riddler trophies. <laughs> well, Batman does have some cool stuff. I mean, you don't know all the that stuff he must have collected? Well, because he's got that giant penny. You know, in his in the Batcave. What does he get? He like like Batman's Batcave has all these like trophies. Yeah. Like giant penny. Um this is it a door? Is it like a rolling is it a giant penny with Lincoln? Like yeah. a Lincoln penny? It like he got into some fight with Two Face and then he like I guess he was almost killed, but I don't know the story behind it, but like any time like a good artist draws the Batcave, you'll see like his trophies in the background. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, the saddest thing that's, like, in Batman's, like, trophy hall, which is, like, right by the back computer, is, uh, Jason Todd's costume. What's that? Uh, Jason Todd. Oh, this is kind of interesting. So, like, in the 80s, there was, like, a phone number you could call that DC put out. What? And it was, like, have you tried to call it recently? <laughs> we should. That's oh. a great idea. <laughs> a phone sex line. Good anyway. Um, <laughs> Talk to me about Batman. Talk you, to me about Batman. Yeah. No, no. Serious. So, but there was That's this, right. you could get call him in the 80s. Yes. You could call this, this 900 number in the 80s. And uh, 
and you got to decide whether or not Jason Todd would die. Jason Todd was one of the was like the troubled Robin, and he was okay. like tied up by the Joker. Okay, and then enough people, and then like all these kids were like, "Well, you know what? It would be cool if like a character actually died in comics." So like enough people called so Jason Todd would have to die. So that the Joker beat Jason Todd to death with a crowbar oh, in a comic that? book. I don't remember. I, okay, I, I'll I, find it and put it in the notes. Yeah, yeah. No, no, please do. But in a comic book, someone... Right, and this is in the 80s. This yes. is back when it was before things got dark. But gritty, as they say. Right, gritty. And and like sometimes when like a new writer will take over a character, the mm-hmm. first thing they'll do, they'll want to make their, their step on it, their stamp on it, and they'll kill somebody. Well, it's funny because that's what Brubaker pretended to do. When he took Daredevil over from Bendis. I know you're a huge Brubaker fan. Right. Um, like, uh, like the first thing Brubaker does is have Foggy get shot to death in, in, uh, a prison. Right. And so everyone's like, oh, Brubaker's doing that thing that everyone that does. does. Exactly. Where they're like, I'm ser-. like, yeah, when Bendis killed Hawkeye. Right, right. <laughs> and then it turns out they're between. T- well, Brubaker did that too. Like when Captain Cap got America. killed, it well, turns out he was shot with a bullet that stuck him between. They got him unstuck in time? Yeah. Come on. What my thing was is, you know, because I interviewed him and I asked him about it and he said that he came back because of the Cosmic Cube. And I said, well, where's the, what, what was with the Cosmic Cube? And, and, and he said, well, that it was a, uh, the Cosmic Cube that, that they used was like a, it was like a one use Cosmic Cube. Okay. And I was like, what just happened? What just happened? (laughs) I need to go back and listen to that episode of the Dork Forest because I forget exactly what he, because I was like, what? Because somebody crushed the Cosmic Cube. And I was like, well, how can you crush the Cosmic Cube? And he said, oh, because that wasn't, that was sort of a one use Cosmic Cube. One time only. Like like disposable contact lenses. (laughs) I know. Cosmic Cubidness. Because the Cosmic Cube is the thing that you can just, Elect, you just v- wish, it's a wishing stone, yeah. right? You hold it, you say, I want X to happen. It's, it's the, it's the infinity gauntlet. Okay. In cube form. In, in cube, or, or is it, um, the Scarlet Witch in cube form? Yeah, exactly. Or the Beyonder, but in a little box. Like, or the, not the Watcher. You, you can carry it in your purse. It's nice. <laughs> right, You're just it's like, very excuse portable. me, I need, I, I'd like to set back time. I'm late. You pull out the Cosmic Cube. I want it to be 930. Anyway, so, or, I don't know. Or something I would more do that all the time. Are you kidding me? I was, I was almost late to this. I would, Cosmic Cube would have been great. I was late, but let me, let's, uh, let's find out what, um, yo, so there's now there's 800 Pokemon. Yeah. There's like too many. I, what, yeah. so what happens with a, cause there was a TV show, the Pokemon TV show. Did right. you ever read any, any, do any of that? Oh, I watched a lot of it. Um, I was watching an Did episode. Did they try of it. to have 180 Pokemons in that? Yeah. They like every episode he'd like collect a new one or there'd be like some arcs. Like the TV show is where I learned that the only way you can beat a ghost Pokemon is with a psychic Pokemon. Which oh, is really? funny, arbitrary, makes no sense to me. A ghost, say it again? Ghosts can only be defeated by psychics. However, psychic Pokemon <laughs> cannot hurt each other at all. The what? damage cancels out. All right. Yeah, there's a lot of like, Pokemon is like rock, paper, scissors if they were eight of those things. You know, like, okay. uh, like fire Pokemon, devastate. Oh, they call it super effective. Like, like they'll be like, it'll be like water Pokemon is super effective against a fire Pokemon. Okay. Yeah. And Which then it makes sense. Yeah. Oh, of course. Granted. But then I think, but then I think it doesn't work the other way. I think that like water and fire is just like regular effective against water. It's dumb. But, <laughs> yeah, um, depends I, how much water's there. Yeah. Because then it turns into steam and, and evaporates and, and, and yeah. then some guy with like a bunch of ge- guns made of gears is like, hooray, I can use these to power my giant mechanical spider. Um, <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I, you know. So are uh, there bad guy Pokemon masters? Yeah. That are throwing the, the other Pokemon at you? Yeah. There's this guy named Gary who's a real asshole. His name's Gary? Yeah, he's Gary. He's Ash's, Ash Catchem is the name of the protagonist. Oh, as in gotta catch them all. Yep. Yeah. Ash Catchem. And, uh, and the Gary's such a dick. I hate Gary. But, um, <laughs> but then there's also, there's also like this evil, force called team rocket and they like go around trying to like steal oh they want ash's pikachu real bad now is there only one pikachu no there's like 
A shitload of Pikachu. Anybody could get a Pikachu, right? You could just go to the pet store and buy yourself a Pikachu to some extent, right? Or go in the woods and fight enough until you run into like a wild Pikachu. I don't even remember why they want Ash's Pikachu, but they want it real bad. <laughs> uh, and they set all kinds of wily carried traps that they fall into. <laughs> um, Is there an anvil? Uh, Anvil, cement. They'll paint a tunnel, and then Pikachu will go through it, but they can't. Right? Yeah, it's it's the I I guess I like punk. It's just the goofiest thing, right? It and is. So it's a celebration of how exact, how totally ridiculous it is. Yeah, it, it's it's like this money making scheme, and but it's like super duper goofy, and it appeals to like Aspergery autistic people which is like half of nerds like i heard on like i heard right. like on a, an old podcast you were talking about like how you'll watch movies over and over again or t- sure like i do i will listen to like the same song like 20 times in a row or like i'll watch like the same episode of something over and over the same movie over and over right and i think that that's kind of like an aspergery thing i think it's soothing it, yeah, I find it, it enormously soothing to watch. Let's do it, L.A. Story, one more time. Let's do it, Midnight Run, yeah. <laughs> one more time. No, I uh, well, especially L.A. Story, where it's like, who's this guy I like and get? This girl I like or this other girl I like? Right, they're both perfectly nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of them's got a cute British accent. One of them works at a cool clothing store. <laughs> Did you ever see Midnight Run? No. It's uh, it's De Niro and Charles Grodin. Oh, I've heard a lot about Midnight it's, Run. It's uh, whenever they try to show it on like basic cable during the day because they swear so much <laughs> that they just change the swears into the most ridiculous. Uh, all of a sudden, people are talking about parrots and birds, <laughs> and you're just like, no, he said fuck. So it's not a lot it's of a, forget yous, right? It's there's like, a lot of forget yous. There's a lot of, you know, uh, you ever think about fucking a chicken? No, and you're just like, well, what do they turn that into? Well, I think they cut that scene out entirely. <laughs> But it's a really, it's like, it's, it's Robert De Niro genuinely funny. Uh, not like playing meet the fuckers. Type. Yeah, not the meet the fuckers business, but yeah. like, um, cause it was this, it's sort of a buddy, like, uh, Robert De Niro plays a, a bounty hunter and, um, Charles Grodin plays a white collar criminal and they do a planes, trains and automobile thing across the, across the country. And it is ridiculous and awesome and full of really good character actors that are in it. I know a lot of smart and funny. I know a lot of screenwriters use it as a reference. They're like, it's it's a really good screenplay. It's a great screenplay. I could, um, just the dialogue, because there's usually just the two of them. It's, I mean, there's a couple of scenes with, you know, there's, there's the, the bad guy bounty hunter. (laughs) (laughs) There's, you know, there's probably six other people in the movie. You know, there's the, uh, there's the, the Bert and Ernie, uh, you know, essentially like the two goofs that are supposedly the, the cast is amazing. I will link it. Please. And, uh, and like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern kind of duo, like just bumbling around. Yeah. Or? Yeah. Just, just sort of the bad, you know, the bad, there's, there's this, there's the stupid cop and there's the smart cop and there's the, the whole thing's ridiculous. It's <laughs> awesome. It's a, uh, it's a really good one though. What, uh, um, oh, I, I, I want to ask you this yeah. though. Which you prefer midnight run, cannonball run or blade runner? <laughs> oh, well. Uh, obviously, Cannonball Run's going to be third. They had to get that beer to that party. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if that was what had had to happen in Blade Runner, where it's like I'm calling you back in, Deck. Got to get this beer to this party. <laughs> you're either cop or your little people, Deck. <laughs> now get this, get this beer to this party, and I hope you don't get strangled in some sort of weird. Fear of vagina thing. Well, <laughs> you remember that happened? You remember that? I don't. I've only seen Cannibal Run once. I've seen Blade Runner like half a dozen times. Well, yeah, in Blade Runner, like and I've seen Midnight Run probably thirty five thousand times. I see. Yeah, that's the thing about like nerds. It's like there's these things that we will watch over, like just in the background. Like I'll have on like the oh, yeah. pilot's ER, you know, which is like really soothing to me. Or the like pilot's ER, the TV show ER. Yeah. Oh, you're it's really, really like good. The, the pilot. Yeah, it's the is best George episode Clooney of the series. That? Yeah. All right. Um, Why is that? Because it like because it was like a, I believe it was a backdoor pilot. It was like they didn't know they're getting a series, so they kind of throw the kitchen sink into the pilot of ER, and it's just like follows Anthony Edwards really tightly, and like, um, and it just it's like a forty five hour period in this movie. Like, um, is it a two hour episode? It's a two hour episode. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and it ends with, um, it ends with Julianne Margulies dying. 
And Whoa. she was supposed to die, like like she overdoses. Yeah, yeah. And then, but apparently, everyone was like, "We like her too much. Like she has to live." <laughs> right, now. right. She's got to somehow dig her back up. Yeah. And, uh, so episode two. So you watch that on a regular basis? Yeah, I I watch that like every couple months. I'll be like, "It's pilot to ER time. I'm unemployed. <laughs> like, uh, let's, let's go there." Yeah, it's, yeah. My buddy John DeBoer, who was just on, he ripped the he loved. Mm. There were six episodes of Cheers mm-hmm. that he mm. loved and he loved. And he uh, he ripped those and just put them on audio and listened to them as he drove around doing one-nighters. Oh, dude. And I the would... movie Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, that's cool, too. Talking about getting some beer somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, I would definitely do that. I did that with Rushmore, the movie. I, like, ripped the audio. In college, I ripped the audio onto, like, a minidisc player. Right, right. And I was walking around and being, being like, you know... Take Just dead living. aim at the Ritz boys, put them in the side, <laughs> and take them down. Um, but Cheers, I'm glad you mentioned Cheers, because, like, I, I recently watched the first four, like, a year ago, I was like, I'm going to watch the first four seasons of Cheers again. And it's oh, like, just because of Coach. Oh, yeah, Coach is so good. Yeah. And it's funny, though, because, like, when they replace Coach with Woody. Yeah. You know, I think that, like, a lot of times, like, with news radio, when, like, Phil Hartman passed away. Yeah. They replaced him with John Lovitz playing like like a schemer character, and like a lot of times, like when when someone passes, like like on Night Court, you know, uh, they unfortunately like the people that casted the bailiffs kept passing oh, right. away. Oh right, like repeatedly, like more right. than one. Twice, yeah, twice. Yeah. They, they it was like they cast an older woman, she died. They cast another older woman, she died, and they were like, we're casting someone in their thirties. Marsha <laughs> Warfield, it is. Um, <laughs> But uh, but it was the interesting thing to me about Cheers is that like Coach passes away and it's really sad and uh, they reference it in the finale too uh, when Sam adjusts like the picture of Geronimo yeah. as he closes the bar but um but they just replace him with like a younger guy who's exactly as dumb and it works perfectly yeah it did work perfectly yeah and, and was Woody in uh, season four was he Woody in- was season three was it already was coach just the first two seasons yeah i believe coach was the first two or maybe the, i don't I mean, remember I can look it up. it's fine yeah but 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 like you know um coach passed away halfway through one of the seasons kind of like leo in the west wing we're like he passed away, but they were still shooting. So, like, they had to keep coming with reasons. They were like, "Oh, coach is on a trip with his old fishing buddies." Oh, right, right. But it's like he died. No, and, he uh, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and because uh, you know what, actors yeah. die. People yeah. die. It turns out, and then they're oh, you, they can't come to work. Well, except <laughs> in Doctor Who. You know, what? except in Doctor Who, which is the brilliantest thing ever, where it's where it's like, yeah, we can have forty five years of Doctor. Oh, Who. right, 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 because the Doctor's supposed to die, and now we just got a new Doctor. Yeah, and British, they only do what six episodes a season, right. or something, right? Every three years, you'll get four episodes of Who. So <laughs> I have, I haven't watched. I I watched Torchwood in mm. in prep to start watching Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and then I um instead just bought the first season of Sherlock. Oh, so. Yeah. But I, there's That's just fine. so much great television on right now. And I like old, I like watching old television. You know, if Friends is on, I'm yeah. watching it. No, it's really relaxing. The first three or four seasons of Friends, they're my friends. I don't know about <laughs> yes. you guys. I didn't have any friends. I just want to <laughs> hang out with them. And <laughs> I know my friends didn't have a monkey. Like, yeah, it was just, you know, that whole thing about the sandwich. There's a lot of great, a lot of great memories. A lot of great memories on that sitcom. <laughs> P- people, you may not know this, but I'm banging my fists together right now, like in that, like, uh, thing. <laughs> oh, the funny. flip off, the big flip off. Yeah. But it was the bang. Yeah. The, uh, uh, and none of those guys, none of those guys except, well, Courtney. Courtney's yeah. working. Oh, well, Aniston. Aniston keeps trying to work. Yeah. Horrible bosses. She got some notice in. She was good in that, uh, that where she played the waitress. She was a, a sort of a, a supporting character. The in good. That. Oh, the good? no. You're no, thinking of I'm Office thinking, Space. I think, I, I think I am thinking of Office Space with yeah. flair. Yeah. A lot of flair happening. Well, she was apparently like a sketch comic and she was. Oh, Groundlings on, or? I don't know about Groundlings, but I know that like she did sketch comedy. She was on a sketch comedy show with Wayne Knight. In the 90s called The Edge. Do you remember that? I do remember The Edge. She was wow. like, one of the girls on The Edge. Oh, my God. It's, uh, well, you know, because you want everybody to do well. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I, I like Matthew Perry. I like all I, those guys. I do like Matthew Perry. <laughs> They're my you know, friends. Matthew Perry was just on something with, uh, with speaking of West Wing, who played the, the, the publicist? Who played the... the CJ? CJ. 
Oh, I forget her name, but yeah. Right. So she, uh, Allison Janney. Allison Janney and, and, and Matthew Perry were in a sitcom together. Oh, what was short lived that I recorded all of them because they were, it was Mr. Sunshine. Yes. Yes. Set in a weird soccer stadium (laughs) or football stadium that they were, that they were in charge of. And it was the, it was the most square peg round hole kind of, we're going to write this, uh, this, for no reason, and you are going to have to act around it. <laughs> and they did their damnedest. They were sh- I mean, seriously like tap dancing and standing on their heads and singing at the top of their lungs. Anything to make this damn thing interesting, and it was not. Yeah. But they were fascinating. I thought that they did a nice job on, well, they, well, on they, screen. They were together on the West Wing, and uh, then they also were together on Studio 60 during the episode where Alice and Janney guest starred as host of Studio 60. Oh, really? Playing herself. <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool. I like pretty her. Cool. She's, yeah. pre- she's pretty great. So, what was it? Yeah. There's the one. So, I haven't watched any Doctor Whos, but I did watch Torchwood. Mm. Did you see the Torchwoods? I haven't seen Torchwood or Miracle Day. Um, oh, right. I, I haven't seen the new Miracle Day, only because... Um, is You're in Sherlock now. Well, yeah, and, it's on stars. And I don't have stars and I don't care. Yeah. So I, I, I'm busy. Uh, doing, I got a backlog of castles that just keep staring at me in the face every time I turn my DVR on. Exactly. And then he'll dress up like a space cowboy for Halloween. Oh, did you see that? I didn't see. I just know about it. I just, about it. I just, I just, I just saw like the foot of like internet jizz on Reddit. When he did that, <laughs> it was like, oh, I can't walk around in here. So much internet spoon. Um, I just know it happened. Is that him? Oh. Like, did Fillion said that? Or? No, I, I, no, it was just, just you saying that. This is me saying was, that. Well, how excited everyone that he would put that outfit back on. Right. And like, ooh, sly references. Um, <laughs> there's like, there's stuff that I've never seen but I have like geek conversational knowledge of. Right. Like, Cause you're surrounded by people yeah. who are watching other things. And so you learn about these other things and you're like, it's not that I don't want to watch everything, but I kind you of can. don't even have to. No, to that too. <laughs> yeah. Like I know a shitload about Lost having seen eight episodes. Like I, I know all s- about the Hanzo Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> I know all about like, like going back to the seventies and being security guards and all about like flash sideways is you know like i like i mean the the thing like i've never seen the goonies but i know like truffle shuffle 50 dollar bill i know that like one of them gives a speech where they talk about how they made everyone puke in a movie theater right i know chunk loves baby ruth bars i know all this shit i didn't go looking for it right it's 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 just just, accumulated in the corners of your mind yeah exactly uh, (laughs) because yeah because i i think i saw goonies in the theater Mm. and it was terrible Mm -hmm. uh i did not enjoy it uh but there's a lot of things that weren't made for me yeah that uh i know that they're like an icon of my age group and i'm like i still don't care and uh, (laughs) i i let me care about something else it'll all work out and and like like real genius is something i always loved Mm -hmm. which is that val kilmer movie Movie, mm-hmm. which is dumber than paint man uh, it is it is not it is not a smart movie but it is part isn't of it, it romantic are, though isn't it that no no there's oh. uh, that's actually the creepiest part of it is the uh, romance okay. but the the funniest part of it is the you know there's like this this I mean, the the main plot seems to be, or the hidden plot is this whole, you know, these science kids think that they're 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 trying to change the world for good, and what they are is they're creating weapons of mass destruction. Oh, that right? I've never and seen that. Real movie, genius. Yeah. It's it's the one where they're making the laser that probably exists right now. But, right. Uh, so you can buy it at the Safeway, right? <laughs> right. It's like a pointer, but it actually zaps people. <laughs> and we've, we've come up with a way to annoy people at movie theaters <laughs> from far away. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Yeah, so but I mean there's like there's movies that, that people that people love that don't necessarily hold up um you know 30 years later but we've all we you know we saw them when we were 11. Yeah. So it's like I don't care if it's any good. I think that it will always be great. Kind of Star Wars can be like that to oh, some extent just Definitely. Come just on. because it isn't like you try to watch it now and you're like oh know too much <laughs> right exactly i, I can't <laughs> i was watching return of the jedi the other day and i was kind of like i don't like this <laughs> and it's like oh but i i'm supposed to like this i'm like a nerd like um oh, but i yeah. know so much about this it's i like, know uh, too much too much is yeah. known now what about now the other thing you talked about which nope. made me laugh my fool head off was yeah. you talked about the 
the next generation oh star trek next generation i, I went on this riff about dr leia brahms yeah oh right it was geordie's love interest but only on the holodeck yeah where he created her so that he could work on some science project with her but then he made her hair look different yeah and, uh, <laughs> and put her in a different outfit yep and then what did he really in that episode i could not remember t- talk to me about this episode sure i'll tell you everything i remember about everything it. you remember let's um, hear it well, the Enterprise is in jeopardy. Surprise. <laughs> and um and so in order to fix the problem, Jordy's like, I know, I'll go to the holodeck and I'll ask someone smarter than me. Which is like, if you can do that, you should do that for everything. Right. Like anytime there's the smallest crisis, it should be like, we need Leonardo da Vinci and Albert Einstein's stat. Also, doctor, we need eight Dr. Spocks in here and 20 Captain Kirks. Right. And if you could just tap into that, why would you, why make us suffer? Right. Ex- yeah. Exactly. So like, but for some reason he thinks to do this and never thinks to do it again. Like everything. <laughs> Before or after. Right. Cause right. there's, there's definitely an episode of Star Trek where like they, to get trapped in the holodeck in Old West times. and um, Always a good time. It's a pretty good, it's a pretty fun time. Yeah, yeah, and, it is. It's Westworld meets, you know. I love it when the danger uh, room gets its own opinion, you know. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. That's always fun. And then when, like, the danger room comes to life and you find out Professor Xavier's been exploiting it, he's not so. I always hated that. How, like. <laughs> digression. And we right. weed off just, into just, X-Men. Real quick X-Men digression. It seems like. Every time a new creator comes, like when Whedon came on the X-Men, it was like, we're going to make Professor Xavier bad because that'll be interesting. It'll cause a schism between him and Cyclops. It's like, shut up. Just make Xavier. You're just doing that because you ran out of, like. Right. Yeah, leave leave Professor X alone. He's trying to use his powers for good, and you're just saying that he's a jackass. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Like someone was like, "Oh, there was a team of new X Men before the new X Men that they sent to." And you remember Vulcan? And like all like it's like every time I, I feel like every time a comic writer gets bored, they reveal something evil Professor Xavier did, <laughs> so that like Cyclops and Wolverine can both march in there and be like, "You got a lot of nerve, Chuck." But uh. <laughs> But anyway, like, um, like, oh, yeah. So, uh, there's an old West episode of the Next Generation where, like, they go into the holiday, they get trapped in the holodeck, and they rig together their their combatters to make personal force fields. And it's like, if you could do that, why wouldn't you do that yeah. all the time forever? Right, right. Yeah. But that's another digression from the first thing, which is Jordy. So he summons Dr. Leia Brahms. And his but, sex holodeck program. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, they start to fall in love, and then they make out. And then the episode ends. And, like. Wait, wait. The yeah. real one does? The, the no. real lady? The holodeck lady. Holodeck lady. Brahms yeah. and Jordy He's smooch like, big time. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Exactly. All right, all right. It's pretty deep. And then, and then Jordy's like, computer, delete program. So, blah, <laughs> great. That's very ma- male of you, Jordy. Um, so then. You the- don't even want to have a relationship with someone who you could just call up whenever you need to. Right. You jackass. E- exactly. It's like, I got what I wanted out of her. Smooch, <laughs> delete. I'm going to take this isolinear chip and put it in the warp core. Um, <laughs> so then, like, so then for some reason, Leia Brahms really does come to the ship. Okay. Right. right. And then for some other complete bullshit reason, she's like, pull up all the research Jordan LaForge did on me. I don't know why. And then like pulls up an image of them making out. And Leia is like, how dare you do this? And Jordy's like, <laughs> but then, okay, so that's weird and that happens, but they like get over it. Like, um, finally in the expanded universe of Star Trek, the next generation, there's like a million timelines in which they got married. Oh, okay. Like if you go to, uh, it's, I forget the name of this. The Star Trek Wikipedia is called like SETI Alpha 5, or it's called some, it's like based on a, a, a TOS episode. Okay. Um, if you go there, you can see like in the comic books, they got married. And then in the, sh- in the books, they got married and divorced. And then in this, they had a kid and that kid is the captain of a ship. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that would happen. Do you, you know, whenever anybody has a kid and then we have to follow that kid through yeah. their science fiction world, yep. you're just like, this is just 
the same myth system from like the seventh <laughs> century where you're like, well, the king passes it on to his son because blood runs true. Yeah. And you're like, does blood run true with Captain Kirk? It sounds like a terrible idea. Why don't you get some new blood? Yeah. That'd be awesome. And you know, well, cause it's like, if your dad's famous, then you're an asshole. Right. Like by default, have, by default, everything has been handed to you. No struggle. No struggle. You have to fight tooth and nail to get away from that sort of, uh, I mean, I, you yeah. know, I, 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 I'm sympathetic, man, to the rich, to the one percent, man. Those poor kids, those poor kids, they gotta find something to do with their lives because they just, you know, thirty million dollars just isn't enough to, you know. And then there's a line in uh, uh huh? who Unger, Unger, who played uh in the Odd Couple. Oh yeah. Uh, who played Unger? Oh, uh, Jack Klugman. Yeah, and- probably. And the other one, um, Tony Randall, Tony Randall, as everyone yells, Tony Randall, (laughs) sitting at home, reading, listening to this. So Tony Randall is, um, is in a, is in a, a, a movie with Rock Hudson, uh, and the plot is about VIP and it's, uh, Doris Day and Rock Hudson and it's, and Tony Randall plays his friend and he does in several movies, but, uh, he always plays the rich guy who loves, uh, and I think it's pillow talk. Yeah, it's pillow talk because Tony Randall says to Rock Hudson, you know, I had $4 million or $8 million when I graduated from college and it's 10 years later and I still have $8 million. I just can't get ahead. And uh, <laughs> so I, I feel the pain of the rich, man. I get it, man. Yeah. And you think about, you know, everything handed to you, you totally, what do you, why wouldn't you just get hammered and fall off a balcony and then go into a coma? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? But you'll be in that coma forever and like they'll send like a doctor into your dreams to fix that coma. Like if you have enough money that's not a problem right but then when you come out of that coma you can spend 10 years recovering from that coma because you have millions of dollars to but that's all been accruing interest while you were asleep like right and if you didn't have 30 million dollars you'd have to you know bag groceries so that you could get over your coma and then 10 years later you'd be like oh oh i I woke up again Because I knew a guy who, huh? who who did a commercial, and they put him in a harness, and they dropped him on his head. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So he was um he spent like four or five years in in recovery, just trying to get it together. And then four or five years later, I saw him, and he said, at three years, it was like he came out of this haze. And he said, and I just saw him probably a year and a half ago, and it's now been eleven years. And he said, at like seven or eight years, it was like another layer had been. Like his brain has taken that long to heal. Yeah. And I mean, you're just <laughs> it, oh, cheerful. Next. What <laughs> no, else? <laughs> it's just, that's amazing to me. Yeah. Like, like. Th- but he had to work the entire time. I guess is the point of that is that right. like, he didn't have $30 million. He had to figure out what, you know, cause he had to make money yeah. when he got out of the hospital. And so he had to go to work and, and, and people were like, well, let me get you a job. Cause he had, you know, he was a, but he ended up being like a curator for a theater. Oh, that's good. In Minneapolis for many years. Yeah. And then, you know, and then he started performing again and stuff, but he's, you know, he's a really funny guy, really smart guy. Just to had that you know he had to spend 10 years recovering from this this thing and they he said they gave him like $350,000 that was the settlement that's it yeah he said uh if it ever happens to you nothing's enough no money is enough right it has to be ongoing and it has to there has to be no end to it right of course you know i mean it has to be like yeah. a structured settlement like um you know but but i can understand taking it cuz it's kind of like it's kind of like you'll be in court fuzzy. for 10 years, right? right. You know, if you're slightly fuzzy about the whole thing. You're like, well, I'm alive. And then you're trying to go, oh, I guess I can get a job. And, right. you know, so the whole thing's really weird. But it costs like $32,000 for me to have my deviated septum fixed. Like in your nose? Yeah. Is that like, like a couple of months ago? Really? Like to have like an surgery was like an hour and it's like the most basic thing you could do fix a deviated septum that was like 32 grand recovering from a traumatic brain injury that would take years like holy shit that's so insurance didn't cover that well insurance covered most of it i still owe two grand um two grand that's not bad no no that's not bad i'm talking about like i i was like i want this whole bill I want oh. to see what you guys do. Oh, and they were like, oh, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "Yes." And they're like, "All right." And um, <laughs> yeah, like thirty-two grand for so a day of surgery. You padded the fuck out of it, right? Ah, oh, bastards! And I remember like being in the chair, being like, "This girl was like, I'm gonna give you some anesthesia," and I literally went like, 
how much extra is this? Like, right, and, right. And she was like, it's another thousand dollars. And I was like, for one shot or for all of them? <laughs> and she was like, it's a one time fee. We give you as many shots as we want. And I was like, all right, give all right. it to me. <laughs> like, Painkillers, I guess I'll, okay. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. That's, it's shit. Things are shitty, you Things- know? Things are not cool. Things are not cool. So let's, so you, Yo. what are, what, so we've talked a lot about a lot of television. Yeah, I, I'm just a big fan of TV. Like, a, like, cause I didn't, you know, I didn't have any friends as a kid, and I also had like terrible insomnia. So I would just like, as st- a child? Yeah, as a child, I could never get to sleep. So like, I would just stay up watching like VH1 stand up spotlight or, Oh, it was funny. At one thirty in the morning. You're yeah. lucky your folks had cable. No, I am. Uh, I have to tell you, my niece, uh, they didn't have cable and yeah. she, uh, used to cheat. She would stay up and watch things and she was like watching something one day and I said, what are you watching? She said, it's Digimon. And I said, yeah. Pokemon? She goes, no, no, poor man's Digi, poor man's Pokemon. Yeah. We don't have cable. And, uh, <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> she was like, true, it's though. sort of the crummy, it's a crummy Pokemon. It's Digimon. Yeah. And, uh, did you ever watch Digimon? I tried to a few times. I know. Like the theme song of Digimon is Digimon, Digital Monsters, Digimon, all the champions. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's all right. I know. That's right, though. That's all I know. I vaguely remember that. Okay. Um, but, but, but like, no, I, I was lucky to have cable. I remember they announced like there was going to be a Comedy Central. Like there were all these commercials that were like, soon you'll be getting Comedy Central. And I remember being like, oh, thank God. Cause now when I'm up at four in the morning, I won't tune into <laughs> something that accidentally scares me. Oh, right, right. There won't be a monster movie going or, or just some sort of weird reveal. Like yeah. sometimes true crime is on like at that time mm-hmm. or shitty infomercials. Right. About hair loss or some sort of insanity. And you're like, yeah. Or that chopper, the chopping. Slap chop. Right. Right. Wow, you do have insomnia. Well. How is it now? How is it now? Is it oh, it's, it's, no, it's much better. Like, it's just, it was just as a kid, I could never get to sleep. Um, and I watched, like, it was weird at, on Lifetime Television for Women at 1.30 in the morning, for some reason, mm-hmm, they were mm-hmm. running episodes of Homicide Life on the Streets. Oh yeah, and I, us ladies love that's 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 our go to. What? No, I got. Oh, absolutely, it's Sex in the City and, and homicide, homicide, right? Uh, but Sex in the City is actually something I also love. I've seen I've seen oh, yeah? a lot of it. And I saw the first two seasons, I think, and yeah. then I accidentally saw the the movies. Oh, uh, they're man. terrible, terrible movies. How, the second one is. Ter- Brutal. I can't believe how bad that movie is. It was, is. you know, you ever play that game? What Sex in the City character would you be? Yes, of course. Which one would you be? I think I would. Look, would everyone Samantha? wants to be a Samantha or a Carrie. Right. I think I would end up being a Miranda. <laughs> you know, just like. Is Miranda the slut? No. Well, they're all. They're all brutal. But uh, Miranda's the, is she the single lady who's always hitting on the younger? Who's No, that's, no, that's... Samantha. No, Miranda's no. the career driven one. Miranda's. Okay, wait. Who's the long black hair who gets married? That's that's I Charlotte. Charlotte. There right. we go. Who gets married like three times? Who, it's, it's, it's and then yeah? and then has those kids in the second movie that she has to spend seven minutes with and will not shut up about how her life is overwhelming. Right. She was such a jackass in that movie. I just wanted to sl- I, I strangle her to death. I know. And then uh, so she, her life is so terrible. And then Samantha is mad at Big because they oh, no, go Carrie's out mad at Big. Car- it's Carrie. That's yeah. it. Samantha's the one who's the wedding, the party planner. Yes. Who's always out. And people always want to be Samantha? Uh, well, Samantha is the one who's like a hedonist who has a lot of sex and doesn't care about it. Like, right. Like um, Samantha, by the way, in the first movie, dumps her boyfriend who stuck with her through cancer. Right. Because he was late to a sushi date after being cast in a movie that she helped him get the role in. Wow. So it's like, it's, uh, the movies are so fucked up. The but movies are, they're just, I don't know if they're written by that same guy. They are. And they're then, written by Michael Patrick King, but they're only written by him. Right. So there's no, there's no writing room. Yeah. To temper his obvious hatred of all relationships, yeah. of women, of men, of people, yeah. of humanity. Yes, because, exactly. Because in the second movie, you know who I wanted to be was the Arab guy who gets <laughs> Samantha arrested. That's, that was the character I wanted to be. Because, uh, I thought she deserved to be thrown into a dungeon and have the key thrown away. Forever. Forever. Right. She was like, oh, why is there no freedom? All I want to do is blow this guy in public and have sex in public and fillet that. Get-. And you're like, no, no. 
It's, I don't want to see that in Cleveland. <laughs> right? I don't want to go to Pittsburgh and have to watch that, you big crazy. Yeah. It's like even on the Lower East Side, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, Shut everyone's, up. Everyone's creeped out at that, even when they're paying like a quarter <laughs> to look through a hole. <laughs> so... I I um no I I know it's just the thing I like about Sex and the City and then to a lesser extent Entourage and then to that same extent wow. no it, well it's like I don't these shows interest me in the same way that Pokemon does in that they've created something that you can't help but do like in Sex and the City they're always going to be dating an interesting new guy or a loser. There's nothing in between. Like, um, and it's like, it's oh, either it's the like, answer to all of their problems or like, like a comic book nerd or like a guy who lives with his mom, a guy mm-hmm. who can't get it up. Like, you know, it's either the worst or the best, but you're always going to be on a new date. Mm-hmm. You're always going to be wearing cool new clothes. Right. You're always, and like, um, you, you know, you know, you're always going to be at a cool party that one of you got an invite to. And it, and it's, and it's the same thing with Honorize. Like, there's a different girl. You're gonna have sex. Vince has sex with a different girl every time. Okay. You, you know, like, um, E is doing deals and, and then so is Jeremy Piven. And like, that appeals to like the male part of us that likes deals and commerce, you know. There's deals and sex that are always happening. Exactly. And then in both shows, no matter what's happening, you've always got your friends. And that's kind of like the show Friends. Like, like, there's all these shows that like, Hit all these like wish fulfillment, like like spots. Kind of buttons, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you know, like, and you just can't help but love them. So, right. like, did you ever watch like California Calif- Californication? Californication? No, I didn't. Because I think it's more of that as well. Yeah. And then Nip Tuck was a little bit of that as well. I'm told. I I never saw Nip Tuck. Nip Tuck was. Uh, I know there was a murderer that would slash people's faces. I think that's uh uh. Wasn't that Dexter? No, that too. <laughs> but like Nip Tuck, there was like a murderer. In oh, was there season. a murderer in one season? Yeah. I I saw a couple of episodes of it, and it was just it was essentially just about like the biggest dirtbags in the <laughs> world who are plastic surgeons going. No, you're right. Your your right shoulder is taller than your left. We're gonna have to fix that. And you're just like, why is why is this being encouraged? <laughs> I just want, like everybody, when I was just in Aspen, everybody in Aspen had had so much work that everybody still looks 60. Yeah. I mean, there's no not looking 60. Just because you're smooth (laughs) doesn't mean everyone doesn't know you're, you know, when you could be just a really fit, cool looking 60 year old. No, I know. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Maybe the guy that you married. Who bought you because you were like, I'm going to go out with guys for their mo-. I mean, that whole right. weird thing. I don't understand the women who go with guys for money mm-hmm. and the guys who are like, women hate me. They only go with me because I have money. Those are two self-fulfilling prophecies no. where, you know, 15 years later, he's going to buy a new one of you. Right. And you... um and he's, he's going to upgrade you until you run out of slots. Right. And then he's right. Gonna... It's going to be a new bendier version of you. Right. And then he's never going to get what he wants because he's purchased something that doesn't care about anything except for his wallet. Right. And so he's never going to have like a nice person to hang out with and grow old with, which I would, uh, I'm in favor of. No, well, of course. Well, Who doesn't I mean, want that? Right. Exactly. Get the money thing. Uh, well, I, like, but that's because we do comedy. Yeah, because we're the best. <laughs> we're so great. Well, we're, I mean, we're not great, but I mean, it's just like because when you do comedy, uh, I mean, nobody's ever said, you know, what you should do if you want to be rich, start doing stand up, right? And something. No, it's a compul. It's like you know, you have to really work hard to do it. You need to like find a place where other people are. You need to like go find where the open mic is, and like, there's all these like hurdles to it. Being like an asshole who only cares about your looks or how much money you have, like, that doesn't take much work at all to do that. Right. You can tell if it's working. Yeah. And that's just like immediately stand up comedy. You got to go find someone and see if it's working. And if it's a room full of comics, you still can't be sure. I know. Oh, my (laughs) Lord. It's like, it's so right. So much of comedy is doing comedy for other comics and then when they laugh at something and then you do it for regular people and they don't you're just like no i was lied to this is is terrible but i mean i know what you're talking about about like the drive i mean like it's it's kind of those shows are the weird though oh yeah no no absolutely Uh, uh, like the the really interesting ones to me are the disney channel wish fulfillment shows like uh like Cor- the after school ones or like yeah. the after school sitcom ones? Yeah, like Corey in the House. 
was this sitcom where it was like, what if you lived in the White House? Like, and you were always like scheming and you were buddies with the president. There's a show called, uh, you know, Hannah Montana right. w- was, was like, oh, what right, if right. you were, what if you had to like go to school? You know, that sucks, but you're secretly a rock star. You can't tell anyone. Wouldn't that be the best? Yeah. Uh, Wizards of Waverly place, like, you know, is perfect because like it appeals to homeschooled kids because like they, they're homeschooled wizards, but they, but you also get to go to a regular school too that Bill Codd is the principal of. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what if you were secretly a wizard? Uh, right, right. There's a new show on Disney XD. I saw a commercial for it the other day. Where, like, there's this kid that's being bullied. So his scientist father uh, builds him three superheroes to be his best friends and beat up bullies for him. And it's like, wow, these are the best. It's just like yeah, yeah. wish fulfillment television. Right. It's so cool. I had to write that myself in my head. It was uh, <laughs> when I was a kid. I think I, my my imaginary friend Steve would a motorcycle. Oh. He was twelve. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> I feel bad because I did the exact same. Shit. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> exactly. We got some solo time, and they're not. And there was no Disney Channel for me to right? say you know what could happen because all the ones that I watched were Leave It to Beaver and and uh, reruns of that, and then the Brady bunch and um really moralistic shows real moralistic and it was you and and it was funny about about the brady bunch because they have six kids mm-hmm. and we have i have six kids oh, in my family yeah. and it was nothing like that uh, <laughs> there was, it, was like, it was like there was they are not your friends they are not your enemies there is no you know my sister and i had to share a room and one time we suggested that you know draw a line yeah through the room so that someone could have half a room and my sister was like it doesn't make any sense we both have to use the door and- <laughs> That's not good when, like, you're a seven-year-old and you figure out the flaw yeah, yeah, exactly. in that Brady Bunch. There's a hole in that in that script, in that plot line. Yeah, Sherman <laughs> Schwartz. You're smarter than Sherman Schwartz at that point. Right. Oh, that's oh, amazing. Hey, it's been an hour. Oh, well, that's cool. It was the fastest hour of our lives. Yeah, right? that really – I feel like I just got here. I know, and it's so great. I, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. And uh, people should pleasure. come and see you do stand-up comedy, which you pretty much just – do you ever go on the road? I, I have not been on the road. Um, I you do a lot of L.A. stuff, I, right? I, you, you, know, you can always catch me in Los Angeles. Uh, if you follow me at twitter.com slash Asterios, that's A-S-T-E-R-I-O-S. You can go to youtube.com slash Asterios. Uh, StereosCodos.com. Right, because uh, what do you do on the YouTube? What do you got? Oh, you know, I'll just put up like funny short films I made or clips of my stand-up or like weird things I saw. You know, it's (laughs) it's fun. Yeah. You're great. Thank you. You're great. That was lovely. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. (laughs) My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?